Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Scott of Denver Seminary. What are the challenges we face in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era? Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must adopt a missional mindset. Christianity does hold the answers to the big questions of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's edition of Christian Curious. It's no secret to mothers or anyone else that pregnancy and childbearing changes the female body. Usually we're dismayed or afraid of those changes, but what if we shift our perspective from what pregnancy and childbirth does to the female body to how the female body actually blesses the family? This is Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott and co-host Hannah Greaser, where we explore some of the most important pressing issues of our time. Now, I, Hannah, have had two children, and I can fit into my pre-pregnancy genes, but I have a muffin top now (laughs) that I'm not happy about, Okay. no matter how much I run. (laughs) And you have not had kids, and so I would love to hear, like how afraid you are (laughs) okay so i think i think my fear it runs in three maybe okay maybe two major categories i did i tell you i used to have reoccurring nightmares that i was about to give birth and i've actually had the baby but this happened like every day for months it was crazy i don't know what i was going through but i think my two the the primary fear maybe it has less to do with the body and just more to do with the amount of selflessness that motherhood requires, mm-hmm. like, you know, I got all these dreams and passions and the fact that you naturally, I feel like just want to put your kids first. Once you have them, I'm afraid of having little people take over my life. <laughs> and then, you know, there is a fear, not uh, maybe not a fear, just more of like a, I don't want my body to change. I don't know how it changed. It probably would hurt a lot to have kids. So I hear, so, you know, well, thanks. Yes, I heard that it hurt. You and heard then, that it hurts. <laughs> and, then, and then I didn't really believe that that applied to me, I guess, because I was really surprised. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like how <laughs> bad does it hurt? <laughs> I, there's there's really not any words for it. Um, let me introduce us to our <laughs> our guest today who's who can tell us more about that. Um, Courtney Rasick. Rasick is a wife, mother, and a writer. She has written for numerous Christian publications, including the Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today, and the CT Women's Blog. She's also the author of three books. She lives in Little Rock, Arkansas, with her husband Daniel and their four sons. And as we mentioned before the show, God bless you for having four sons and raising four sons. That is not an easy accomplishment. Courtney, welcome to Christian Curious. Thank you for having me. Courtney, so I'm curious about what your thoughts and feelings about birth and pregnancy before you actually had children or, um, you know, did you think about it a lot or, you know, how did those thoughts change or continue to change after each of your consecutive children were born? Yeah, so I, before, so before I, we um, had a miscarriage before our, our twins were born, um, and so before we had our miscarriage, I think I thought um, that I was going to do all natural childbirth and that it can't really, yeah, like, yeah, it hurts, but it can't be that bad. And, um, you know, I just saw all those things that I probably heard people talk about. 
um, who had relatively normal deliveries. And then I had a miscarriage, um, and then it took us two years to get pregnant again. And so I had a lot of infertility and just a lot of struggles and surgeries and things like that. And so by the time I actually got pregnant with the twins, I was just so thankful that I was pregnant that I, I think I just had, all I wanted to do was just get pregnant and so, and stay pregnant. So Mm -hmm. I think my ideas about it were just maybe a little different than someone who hadn't thought much about it or who had, it came maybe a little bit more easily to them. Um, And then my, so my pregnancies after that were always really, really difficult and really, I mean, twins are high risk pregnancy anyways. And so I, um, I feel like the Lord really used pregnancy and my inability to get pregnant and then my losses to kind of strip my pride about like what I thought birth was going to be like. And um, I was not like one of those people who, like some people, they like don't look pregnant for a really long time or they don't gain weight very easily. And um, I was not that person. <laughs> so I like, I like would get pregnant in balloon. Um, and yeah, some of that is because I have blood sugar issues I didn't know about before. And so it would just make me just like pack on weight. But um, yeah, I just felt like pregnancy for me was just incredibly humbling that it just, I wasn't one of those people who could, who pregnancy was kind to. Mm. And um, so my deliveries were hard. My pregnancies were hard. Um, but I will say I'm far enough removed from it now that I, I was telling a friend who's about to have a baby the other day that I couldn't tell you what the pain felt like. Like, I, I know it hurt. I know it was bad. But now I'm so far removed from it that my only feeling about it is, oh, it's so great to have a baby. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think. So if that's any consolation to the people who are terrified, um, you might not feel it in the moment when it's all over that it was, like, a wonderful experience to bring baby into the world. But now that I'm so far removed from it, I'm like, it was. But maybe it's just I don't know, selective memory <laughs> or my brain suppressed it. I don't know. Right. Momentary pain for multiple lives, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're all old enough to take care of themselves and do their own thing. And that I think makes that process not feel so taxing anymore. Right. I'm curious. I mean, you, you've had, like you've mentioned, you've had some really difficult pregnancies. You've also had misca- miscarriages and, um, you know, raised your young children while you were at home. And so you're there with them constantly. And I'm wondering, you know, is there anything that you've learned about your body from, or your body image from pregnancy, miscarriage, and then being a mother? Yeah, this is probably the thing I've, I would say I've learned a lot, um, and but the probably thing I've learned the most that has just stayed with me is that uh, my body is so deeply broken by living in a broken world. So I don't I don't think that like that the curse of sin impact, like that we were cursed in childbirth. Um, I, don't, I don't think the curse the curse the ground is cursed, but like people aren't cursed, you know. Um, but the everything that God intended to work perfectly and right and good in the garden is now just deeply broken. And so for some people, when people's births go really well, we should celebrate that as God's kindness. But when they go really poorly, I think sometimes we feel, I I know I felt really like defeated and like that I somehow wasn't able to do what I thought I was supposed to do. And I've had to really wrestle theologically with um, much like anything else, like whether you have like diabetes or whether you have 
um, you get cancer or anything like that. Like the, all of that is because we live in a broken world that is groaning for redemption. And so childbirth is groaning for redemption too. And so I've had to just come to terms with, I live in a, I live in a broken world and a broken body. And, um, and, and then I've also really had, I had a lot of gratitude for living this side of modern medicine because what, what I've had to wrestle with is what women throughout the centuries have had to wrestle with is that prior to modern medicine, women just died. There's just mm-hmm. no other way around it. And so I, I'm alive because I live this side of modern medicine and so I'm, I'm deeply grateful for that. Um, but also just reminded that I live in a broken world and a broken body. Um, and then body image stuff, like I, I don't think I, I have numerous struggles in my life. That one was never one, like a huge struggle for me. I didn't, I didn't think too highly of my body prior to having kids. And so I, having it be ravaged by having babies didn't really feel, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't really think that I didn't like any of this to begin with. Like I was just kind of indifferent to it. So I know people who, I know people who really worked hard at like having like a really fit body prior to pregnancy. And then so have it to be really changed. It's hard. Um, but for me, I was like, eh, I didn't really care. So yeah, there are um, there are several women who will not have children. I mean, there are many women out there who will not have children, or you know, they, they may use surrogates or something like that, just because they don't want, uh, you know, the ramifications of pregnancy to appear on right, you know, physically. Right, and I mean that there there's no getting around the fact that childbirth. So much changes your body. I mean, and not just like if you nurse, like nursing changes your body, you know, like, so um, that I, I, I can see why a woman would say, I don't want any part of that um, because that, that's hard. I mean, but I also, for me, I've had to come to terms too with that. I was, I was created with a uterus and just because I was, doesn't mean I, I need to have a baby, but I wanted to. And so my body was, was being useful, was doing what it was intended to. Um, but yeah, I, I can totally, I can see why a woman would, would revolt against that. Um, Cause it, it doesn't, my body does not look the same anymore. <laughs> right. You know, and I think that before I had kids, that was my, that was my, one of my worries is how it would change my body. But, you know, just actually after having children I've been kind of amazed at what my body can do and I think that that is a big shift in your thinking when you actually do have children I mean that that your body is able to produce these these little human beings with their own Mm -hmm. thoughts that can Mm -hmm. these little beings that can call you annoying like my daughter did Mm -hmm. this week Your body has the power to do that. I mean, create these little creatures, these wonderful little creatures. Little creatures. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And then you think like that your body is able to, like I I nursed my children and so that my body was able to sustain them. You Mm -hmm. know, like for a period of time, I was able to give them like what they needed. Um, And so that's just really... And then, but again, going back to like the modern marvel of medicine, like it makes me really thankful for the invention of formula. And I had twins who I had to use formula for them. And so like to be, yeah, like I live in a, a, my body can do amazing things. And then also at the same time, it doesn't always work that way. 
And so I'm thankful for things like formula and pumps and all the things that we have now um, to provide for those things. Right. And I want to circle back and touch on something that you mentioned before, um, because, you know, you talked about how you've recognized kind of the brokenness of our bodies after Mm -hmm. the fall Mm -hmm. throughout this process. And, you know, I imagine that when someone becomes pregnant, they see pregnancy, you know, as a gift from God or a miracle. And so I'm curious about how you reconciled your faith in the event of the miscarriage that you had. Yeah, I, um, that was, yeah, I think that for me, the hardest, the, the hardest thing was, um, I think at times like dealing with like, why me and not maybe someone else, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but the, going back to like the living in a broken world, like the, the minute sin entered the world, like death entered the world. And so life is not a guarantee for any of us. And so I had to really wrestle through like that, the fact that any of us are breathing is just the mercy of the Lord. And so even, um, it made, it made me more so appreciative of the life that I, lives that I have now, cause I've had two miscarriages now, um, then, then, yeah, just really, really appreciative of the fact that I do have have children who are who are here and who are alive, and I can look at them and and hold them. And um, but I had to wrestle with like God's goodness and God's care for me. I think over the cumulative effect of loss for me and suffering with like things with my body, the cumulative effect has been harder than the the moment by moment effect of it. So in the moment, I feel like I was able to say, I, I do believe God's good, and I believe this is part of, like, this is this is a suffering that, this is a horrible, horrible effect of living in a broken world. Um, and that one day he's going to make all things right. But the cumulative effect of that over time, for me, has been harder to reconcile, because then it just, oh, there are times where it felt punitive, like, where I was just like, seriously, mm-hmm. I just can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I think, and everyone's different in how they handle those losses. Um, but that for me was just harder in the law lo- over the long haul than it was necessarily in the moment. And for me, honestly, the harder part was the miscarriage was really, really, really hard. Uh, it's been a long time now. It's been over a decade. So it's hard. For, I have to always like think like uh, after, that, after that first miscarriage, like, how was I feeling? Um, but the not being able to get pregnant was just felt really crushing for, because it was, well, we got pregnant relatively quickly the first time, and then to have nothing after that was just like, is that all I'm ever going to have? Like, it's like a few weeks of pregnancy, and that was it. Um, and so those were those were long years of having to really wrestle through that. You know, Courtney, you, you said that it's been a decade since you went through this, but what would be your piece of advice for women who may be um, overcoming recovering from a miscarriage or uh, people who are currently struggling with infertility, what would be your advice for them? Yeah. um, It's always hard to give like uh, blanket advice because I'm always like, I want to like see their face and be like, and hear their story. And because every story is so different in how people process it. Um, The, the thing that I would say like first and foremost, though, to anyone in that situation, is that you that God does see you. Um, that it, in the moment, and especially in the, if you're in a Christian subculture where like everyone's pregnant, or 
babies are celebrated and having families is celebrated, it can feel like you're not seen and that you're forgotten and that you don't have a place. Um, but I always think about how in John 14, Jesus talks about, um, I've got, got to prepare a place for you. Like I have room for you. And I would want that person to know that God has room for them and that their value in God's kingdom and their value in God's God's family is not contingent on their ability to bring life into the world. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can elevate the family over and above God's family. And Absolutely. in the New Testament, yeah, and so in the New Testament model, it is not um, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with children. It's be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with disciples. Mm-hmm. And so you have an absolute place in God's family, because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then the Great Commission applies to you, and you can go and make disciples and fill the earth with more disciples by God's great power of the Holy Spirit working through you. So I would really want them to, to know that they have a place, that they have value, and that God sees them, and that their grief is not, um, and that their ache and their angst is not forgotten by Him, and it's not unknown to Him, and that there are there, there, there are aspects of living in a broken world that just that just last for longer than I want them to. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's what I want to say. If I was giving a, a, like a blanket statement to... You know, I mean, I think that the blanket statement is good universal advice. I mean, sometimes you have universal apply, uh, advice that applies. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. your point about being a member of God's family and mm-hmm. not being less valuable just because you may not have kids is so important mm-hmm. right now for mm-hmm. especially, you know, I mean, I work with young adults um, or, you know, that's been my job, my role for the last few years. And before that, I worked with uh, women, Christian women. And, you know, there would be Christian women who felt inferior uh going Mm -hmm. to church because they did not have a family they didn't have kids Mm -hmm. and so they felt irrelevant in Mm -hmm. in the in the body in of christ you know in the christian Mm -hmm. community um so i think that that piece of advice is really important for you know people to understand that that people are valuable no matter if they can give birth or not or no matter if they can have kids or not and that yep, their value absolutely. is not dependent on that. And yeah, I think absolutely. that is so important to remember. Yeah, for sure. I love the connection between um, God's command to be fruitful and multiply in the Old Testament and then the commission in the New Testament. I hadn't mm-hmm. drawn that mm-hmm. drawn that connection before. I know. That is an ama- that's a, that was a really good point. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's not original to me. I heard it somewhere else. But <laughs> I think it, it's just so, yeah, I think it transforms how we talk about birth and children and family and it does not mean family is not important it just means it's not ultimate mm. and um yeah yeah so i i definitely want to make sure i ask you you know i hinted at or i didn't hint i straight up said that i was scared of motherhood <laughs> before yeah yeah um because you know mothers do seem so selfless like my mom was always giving up her time and desires for um me and my two sisters and I want to know if there are any fears about motherhood 
or even any stereotypes about motherhood that you see in our culture that God has dismantled throughout your own journey of being a mother. And Haley, you can speak on this too, because I'd like to know. I'll let Miss Courtney go. (laughs) Oh, I feel like there's so many. (laughs) Uh, I think for me, the, um, the biggest one, I think personally that I've had to recognize, I had to kind of dismantle like this is a cultural expectation and not a biblical one is that um, that it's wrong for a mother to have, like, any type of work outside the home. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that is one, or that um, sacrifice of motherhood means that you don't, that you don't ever do something like work or ha- have any type of other thing that you do. And so I think there are seasons of a woman's life, and so for... I mean, women are just different than men. Men don't give birth. And so the biological reality of being female means that you're, that there are, there are seasons in your life where you like physically can't work because you're recovering from giving birth, um, like things like that. And so I think that to swing the pendulum so far and say that a woman never should work is, is wrong. Um, but to deny the fact that women, like, for example, like paid family leave, I think is really important. I think it's, I think we have um, a little bit of our archaic uh, system in America of how we don't advocate for mothers, even though we talk about how we value family. So um, I think that if we value life and value women and value their contributions and value children, I think that our, as Christians, our policies and our um, actions should line up with that. But that for me has been, how do I reconcile my desires and my giftings and my, and my, opportunities with the reality of the children and family that God's given me. And I I don't think I have the right answer always, but it's one I've wrestled with a lot. You know, Courtney, my oldest is turning 12 in just a few days, in four days. And before that, or while I was, no, before that, I was climbing mountains all the time. We lived in Southern California and I was always climbing mountains. And our friend, our mutual friend, Karen, told me, I miss horseback riding. And I wish I could do that mm-hmm. in response to my mountain climbing. And she said, and I can't do it anymore now that I have kids. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why can she not go horseback riding anymore? Why is children preventing mm-hmm. her from doing that? And, mm-hmm. it, and then when I had Ellie, I realized, oh, no, oh. You know, I didn't get back on another mountain for years. I mean, just because, I mean, I grew up with a a working mom and a working Mm -hmm. dad, and I wanted to be there for my kids. I I mean, if Mm -hmm. I have oriented my life to advocate for developing women leaders, then I ought to start in my own house. And Mm -hmm. so I devoted Mm -hmm. all of those years. I took a step away from the professional world to to raise these girls until they reach kindergarten and that was my whole job and I really struggled with the cultural clash of saying women need to work versus uh you know women need to stay at home and being Mm -hmm. caught between those two desires and knowing that I'd always been a working professional um Mm -hmm. it was really hard to do that and to submerse yourself in the work of motherhood it's it's really yeah. a work in which you do has have to submerse yourself. And I don't think we help women think through those seasons very well. 
So like, because I I just went back to I've always been like freelance work off and on, but um, my youngest is about to turn four and he'll go to pre-K next year, and he goes to like a little preschool like two days a week right now. But my I just took part I started a part-time job, and it's flexible. I work from home, things like that. But like for the last eight years, I haven't had anything where every week I have to do something. And, um, or every, I've devoted my life, my time to my kids because they've all been home and, um, kind of like you, but I don't think we've helped women think through, okay, like there's, you have this desire to be present. Um, and then what do you do when they're school age or what do you do when they're this or what do you do in giving women? And I think our culture, our culture and our church culture presents them with all or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. America, our, the broader mm-hmm. culture says work and don't stay home. And then the church culture says stay home and never work. And then you've got women with these, like, well, what if they want to do something? And how should they think through that? And how should they think through these seasons of their life that change? And, um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know if we've helped women think through that. I was just talking to a friend about that yesterday. You know, and there's... Whose kids aren't in school yet. Yeah, and there's penalties for women for stepping away from the career world. Oh, yeah. I mean... Absolutely. I've had those penalties. I've, you know, I'm still overcoming those penalties and my my youngest is now t- almost 10 so yeah it's just a penalty that you have to pay that's the yes. reality yes. Hmm. right absolutely and it's um because we live in a culture that says if you don't work like a man works then there's nothing for you right or you're not and, working hard enough or there's like a weakness right. inside of you <laughs> rather than right i love that idea of thinking about your life seasonally and being okay with the tide that comes. Yeah. You know, and we are, you know, up against the clock right now, but um, I would just, you know, like to thank you, Courtney, for coming on the show and telling us a little bit about your story and about motherhood. And we, we touched on some of the negatives, but overall it is a, it is a positive experience. I mean, the negatives are greatly outweighed by the by the blessings. Wouldn't you agree, Courtney? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Courtney, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Christian Curious. Be sure to check out our website for more episodes and to learn more about us. Reach out to us anytime with your comments or questions to Haley at ChristianCurious.co or Hannah at ChristianCurious.co. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. You can contact her with your comments or questions about today's show at her email, drhaley at ChristianCurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.org. You may also learn more by visiting the Christian Curious website, ChristianCurious.org. Join Dr. Haley again next week for Christian Curious on AM 670 KLTT.